Hello, everybody. I am David. And I'm Tristan. And we are the, the Magic, Magic Mechanics. Mechanics. Today, we'll be discussing the Cypher ability. Cypher means that if this spell is represented by a card, you may exile this card encoded on a creature you control, and for as long as this card is encoded on that creature, that creature has, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may copy the encoded card and you may cast the copy without it paying its mana cost. So this may seem like a whole lot of text that doesn't make sense, but it's a lot simpler than that. So basically, uh, all the cipher spells are sorceries and they each have different abilities like a normal sorcery would. And you cast it, and when you cast it, you encode or choose a creature that you control. And then what we do is put the card under the creature. And so whenever you deal combat damage with that creature, you just copy the spell over and over again. Yeah, so we found that unblockable creatures are probably the best ones to use for the cipher ability. Uh, you could also choose different things like flying is probably good as to fly over. But again, you can block with flying or with reach. But uh, some of the cards that had great synergy with these were Talrand, Sky Summoner. Uh, every time you cast an instant or sorcery spell, which again, ciphers are all sorceries, you create a flying 2-2 blue drake. So that's actually unbelievable because you're going to be casting a lot of those because they're sorceries. Every time you copy them, you cast it as a sorcery. And actually, whenever you play that cipher spell the Talrand ability will go on the stack before it, so you can equip the Cypher to that 2-2 Drake that just got put out. Yeah, so the color combination that Cypher is in is Demir, or black and blue. So Tristan and I both really like blue, so we actually built more around blue. I think Tristan did build a black deck, and I built a blue deck, and we didn't really go too much into the multicolor one because we were trying to be specific about our decks but i love blue and being able to use counter spells and different things like that another great card that goes with the cypher ability is called invisible stalker he is hexproof and unblockable which uh again unblockable is where we went there's a lot of different options you can go with cypher but unblockable to us made the most sense right and with because you had that hexproof creature is very frustrating to me because playing a black deck I had a lot of uh, targeted removal and some mass removal, and so not being able to remove an unblockable creature is very frustrating. And that kind of goes with red as well. So it, one thing that I did notice, since it's such small creatures that are unblockable, red would just burn right through them. So that hexproof guy is actually phenomenal against a lot of different variables. Talran could even die because he's a 2-2 he's not hexproof but invisible stalker is hexproof so you'll always be able to get that cypher ability unless they somehow get rid of them right another card that i found that i did not build a deck around unfortunately is tetsuko umazawa fugitive she makes all of your creatures with power and toughness one or less unblockable there is huge potential there and tristan and i unfortunately did not build a deck around her but we definitely will, and we'll probably be able to put the deck list on our YouTube channel or our podcast link. So keep an eye out for that. Something I noticed in my mono black deck that would be very useful is the extort ability. And only one of my creatures had extort, 
And if I could have rebuilt it, I would have put in some more Exhort because you're copying and recasting those Cypher abilities on your upkeep every turn. And you can Extort them, which is just extra life and just that extra little damage that adds up over time. That's one of the many ways that he murdered me and my <laughs> deck against his. Another great tribe that has potential is Merfolk. They can give unblockable plus one plus one counters on other merfolk there's a lot of different potentials to go with the cypher ability and they are a lot in blue even though they aren't in black they're only in blue and green they still have a lot of options to do and taloran is also a merfolk there's also a lot of enchantments and auras and artifacts that can give you unblockable or uh, protection from certain colors different things like that can get you through to actually use the cypher ability to your advantage and one enchantment that goes really well with Merfolk that I have in one of my mono blue tempo decks is called Curious Obsession. And basically what that does, it puts a plus one plus one on the enchanted creature. And whenever the creature does combat damage, you get to draw a card. And so that with Unblockable, and you want to draw as many cipher abilities as you can, it just really upgrades the deck. Yeah, and there's again quite a lot of Merfolks that could actually make other Merfolks unblockable. So in our YouTube channel, we'll actually have some of them posted on there. We're not going to go through all of them right now because again, there's thousands of cards in Magic. And as much as we want to go through all of them, it'll take much longer than 15 to 20 minutes. And just a reminder to everyone, we do play casual, so there's not anything that is stupid overpowered unless it's you know considerably cheap. And Cypher is a pretty budget-friendly uh, thing to build around because the Cypher cards aren't that expensive, and if you're building it like us, where it's just a few small creatures with unblockable, you can find plenty of those that don't cost very much money, and then there's also, you know, some artifacts and enchantments and other things like that to support your deck that are also pretty cheap. So one of the downsides to Cypher would be its upfront mana cost. Now granted, you are copying the ability so you only have to pay the cost one time, but there's a card called Last Thoughts. It's cost four mana, three colorless and one blue, to draw a card. Which, drawing cards great, but for four mana is actually not that great. And then if you attach it to a creature, and the creature dies, you just played four mana to draw a single card where there's much better alternatives like Opt or Charter Course, different things like that, that are more mana efficient. Right, and so for the mono black deck, the, I had the same problem as David because the cheapest cipher card for black is four mana, and then it goes two, two for five mana, and then a six mana cost card. And so that was a roadblock in my deck building that I will talk about when I go over my deck. Another downside that I came across was Burn and Bounce. So I played against a Penny Dreadful deck, which this isn't really a Penny Dreadful deck that I was playing, but I tried it out on Magic the Gathering Online, and he bounced all of my things. So unless you have Hexproof like the Invisible Stalker, all of your creatures get bounced, and once they get bounced, they lose their Cypher ability. And so for the deck that I made, it was Mono Black, like I said before. And uh, I used uh, four of these Ink Fathom Infiltrators, which are two two unblockable creatures for two. And then I also added in two Gastlord of the Fugue for a bigger unblockable creature because he's a 5 5 unblockable. And then for the Cypher cards, I used some Mental Vapors, Shadow Slice, Midnight Recovery, and Undercity Plague. So the 
deck that I built around was again Talrend Sky Summoner. The cipher cards that I used were Hands of Binding, Hidden Strings, and Last Thoughts. Two of the cards actually tap opponent's creatures and they don't untap during their next untap step. And that's probably what I played most around. And then Last Thoughts again draws you a card. That's just for card advantage. You probably need that in most of your decks. That's one thing I lacked in. But at least with the Cypher ability, I was able to draw a few cards. And mine did a various of things, whether it be uh, the opponent just drains life from them. Uh, they discard some cards, and then they mill some cards. And I also wanted some kind of defense in my deck, so I decided to put some Gifted Aetherborns in there, and then also some Viridian Longbows. And basically what that does, the equipment Viridian Longbow lets me tap the creature to ping another creature on the board for one damage. And since Gifted Aetherborn has Death Touch, it just instantly kills that creature. Which was super frustrating, unless he was trying to target my Invisible Stalker, which I will continuously talk about, because that was the MVP of my deck. Even though it was a 1-1, it had Hexproof, and it was unblockable. And then I also had in some Duresses, just to gain that little advantage in the early game, because I did play a little bit of a slower deck. Like I said before, I did run into the problem that it didn't. my deck didn't do much until turn 4 or 5. So because of that, I put 4 Cryptgast in there, and that's a creature with Extort, and it costs 4 mana. And basically what that lets me do is tap 1 Swamp for an additional mana. And so with that out on turn 4, I could have 8 mana my next turn. But I also put in some Dark Rituals and Bubbling Muck, which are still a little budget cards, but they do so much. Dark Ritual, you can pay one black mana and you get three more black mana. And so I would use that on turn two with two more swamps out. And then I would play that card and I would have four mana from that. And when I tap the other swamp, so I could play Crypt Gas on turn two, which is great. And then on turn three, that allows me to play anything in my entire deck, including the six mana cost Cypher card. Yeah, so I didn't put as much thought into it. I was just kind of building around unblockable creatures. So unfortunately, mine didn't hold up as well as I would have liked. But you can do quite a lot of different things with Cypher, and I think it's a great ability. Right. And for my sideboard, I just added in some mass removal, like Bio Blight and Golden, and Golden Demise, just because they're really cheap. And then also for some target removal that's also cheap is like Doomblade, Murder, and there's a ton in black that could possibly do that. And then I also had just one or two Davriel, Rogue, Shadow Mage, just for some more discard, just in case an opponent really relied on what was in their hand. So some cipher cards that we didn't use was Voidwalk, which was a blue cipher card, and that would be good in like a Soul Herder blink deck or a Commander blink deck. And then there's also Trait Doctoring, which is another blue cipher card. And the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this is a deck that focuses on enchantments like Karma, Scald, and Sanctimony. And it would be able to change the land type that's on those cards to whatever your opponent is using. So you can use those enchantments to your full advantage. And just for some more synergy, Urborg would be a really good use uh, with the Trait Doctoring card. Because Urborg turns every land into a swamp, and with Trade Doctrine, you can change that to Mountain or Plains or anything else. So another card we didn't use is Paranoid Delusions. It cost an island and a swamp, 
and its target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his graveyard. That's actually super great for like mill decks. Uh, a card that would go very well with it is Jace, Memory Adept. He's a Planeswalker. He's a little bit more expensive, but he is a phenomenal Planeswalker for any mill deck. A couple more options would be, and again, this is all Demir. It is Dusk Mantle Guild Mage. I'm not going to read all of his text. He is phenomenal for mill. Another one is Glimpse the Unthinkable. It's a sorcery, and it says target player puts the top 10 cards of his or her library into the graveyard, and that's phenomenal, but you wouldn't believe it only cost one island and one swamp to do that. So if you can actually copy that, you can put 20 cards into the graveyard. It's insane. Phenomenal card. A couple enchantments that are very, very good with Mill is Fraying Sanity and Sphinx's Tutelage. Both of those kind of every time you either draw a card or at the beginning of each opponent or each instep, whoever's enchanted puts the top X cards of their library into the graveyard, or whenever you draw a card, they put cards into their graveyard. Again, I'm not going to go over every single card that I'm naming. We'll try to put it up on the video so you guys can actually read what the card does. Traumatize is a phenomenal card. There's a couple other cards that are just great for any kind of mill deck that you're building. So again, we can talk an entire episode about that, but we're not doing that this episode. The second card that I'm going to talk about that we did not play with is Call of the Nightwing. It costs four mana, two colorless, one island, and one swamp. And it's a sorcery. It says, put a 1-1 blue and black horror creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Tristan and I both tried to think about something that would go very well with this, and we didn't really think of anything that would just be mind-blowing or even, you know, competitive with any other deck that we were trying to build. So I'm not really going to talk too much about that one. I'm sure you guys can 100% build a phenomenal deck about around Call of the Nightwing, but we chose not to because it's not one that we were really interested in. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, just right off the top of my head, it would be good with Tolerant because you're putting out two two Drakes and then you're putting out one ones, and I mean that's that's the only thing that comes to mind instantly. I'm sure if we did some more research, we would find something that was functional and very useful with this card. But just for what we wanted to do, it didn't fit. Finally, the last cipher card that we didn't use was Whispering Madness, and this is two colorless, one blue and one black, and it says each player discards their hand then draws cards equal to the highest number of cards a player discarded this way. And um, the one deck that I think this would be really good in is a deck that you can strongly play from your graveyard from and want to play from your graveyard from because most decks that you're going up against aren't built that way and don't really want cards in their graveyard. And so if you had something like that and built completely around that, it would be really good. Something that came to mind is zombies. And again, you guys can look up some great zombie decks, but they are super graveyard heavy. And since this is in black, you could build that around zombies. Yeah, I agree. It would make for a very interesting blue-black zombie deck, <laughs> but it would you could also use like Dove and Dredge and anything else that really just functions out of the graveyard like that. So thank you all for joining us uh, to talk about Cypher this week. And uh, it was very fun to build around, and we uh, we think it would be very fun to just play in our play group against other decks. Like, I would thoroughly enjoy using my mono black deck, because I thought it was very fun. David's blue deck would be a fun addition to our play group as well. Even though it wasn't as strong, because I'd need to work on my deck building skills, I think it would be very fun to play against. But hey, we play casual, and we're here to improve our play skills and deck building skills, and this is a great outlet for us to do that. 
Just wanted to say a quick thank you guys again for joining us on our podcast slash YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be talking about Affinity and Beyond next week. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're going to be posting some photos, maybe some links, different things like that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have podcasts on different platforms, so keep an eye out for all of those as well. And everything is called The Magic Mechanics, and you shouldn't have any trouble finding us.